On the following morning, Mrs. Elizabeth Fitzhenry drove to the Vale of Beuling. It was the last day of February. The March winds were hushed as yet, the breezes were balmy, the sunshine cheerful. A few soft clouds flecked the heavens, and the blue sky appeared between them calm and pure. Each passing air breathed life and happiness. It caressed the cheek, and the swelling buds of the tree felt its quickening influence. The almond trees were in bloom, the pear blossoms began to whiten. The tender green of the young leaves showed themselves here and there among the hedges. The old lady felt the cheering influence, and would have become even gay had not the idea of the errand she was on checked her spirits. Sometimes the remembrance that she was really going to see her sister-in-law absolutely startled her. Once or twice she thought of turning back. She passed through the lanes and then, alighting from her carriage, walked by a raised footway across some arable fields and again through a little grove. The winding path made a turn and Dame Nixon's white, low-roofed cottage was before her. Everything about it looked trim but very humble, and it was unadorned during this early season by the luxury of flowers and plants, which usually give even an appearance of elegance to an English cottage. Mrs. Fitzhenry opened the little gate. Her knees trembled as she walked through the scanty garden, which breathed of the new-sprung violets. The entrance to the cottage was by the kitchen. She entered this and found Margaret occupied by a culinary preparation for her grandmother. Mrs. Fitzhenry asked after the old woman's health and thus gained a little time. Margaret answered in her own former quiet yet cheerful voice. She was changed from what she had been a few weeks before. The bloom had not returned to her cheeks, but they no longer appeared streaked with deathly paleness. Her motions had lost the heaviness that showed a mind ill at ease. Mrs. Elizabeth congratulated her on the restoration of her health. Oh, yes, she replied with a blush. I am not the same creature I used to be, thank God, and the angel he has sent us here. If my poor grandmother would but get well, I should be quite happy. But that is asking too much at her time of life. The old lady made no further observations. She did not wish to hear the praises of her sister-in-law. "'Your lodger is still here?' at length she said. "'Yes, God be praised,' replied Margaret. "'Will you give her my compliments and say I am here, and that I wish to see her?' "'Yes, ma'am,' said Margaret. "'Only the lady has refused to see anyone, and she does not like being asked.' "'I do not wish to be impertinent or intrusive,' answered Mrs. Elizabeth. "'Only tell her my name, and if she makes any objection, of course she will do as she likes. Where is she?' "'She is sitting with my poor grandmother, the nurse, heaven bless her. She would hire a nurse to spare me, as she said, is laying down to sleep, and she said she would watch by my grandmother while I got the gruel. But it's ready now, and I will go and tell her.' Away tripped Margaret, leaving her guest lost in wonder. Lady Lodor watching the sickbed of an old cottager? Lady Lodor immured in a poverty-stricken abode, fit only for the poorer sort of country people? It was more than strange, it was miraculous. 
yet she refused to accompany poor Henry to America. There must be some strange mystery in all this that does not tell well for her. So bitterly uncharitable was the unforgiving old lady towards her brother's widow. She ruminated on these things for a minute or two, and then Margaret came to usher her into the wicked one's presence. The sitting-room destined for the lodger was neat, though very plain. The walls were wainscoted and painted white, the windows small and latticed. The furniture was old, black, shining mahogany, the chairs high-backed and clumsy, the table heavy and incommodious, the fireplace large and airy, and the shelf of the mantelpiece almost as high as the low ceiling.' 